police in the morning. Group of young actors and dancers rehearsing a horror musical based on sadistic mass murders of a psychotic killer discover that stage fright can terrifyingly fatal when the real killer joins the cast. Ter escaping from a nearby mental institution, the killer, a berserk ex-actor, Med Irving Wallace, who had already viciously murdered 16 people, otters the troop's wardrobe mistress with an axe. Izzing on the murder of an opportunity to promote his play, the fanatical direct of the opening night forward, forcing the actors to rehearse all night by King them the theater. In the mayhem that follows, the keys are lost. E group soon realizes that Irving is among them, planning a long night of terror. D. Carnage. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-Movies the best of our building. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week for uh, Italian Month, we're taking a look at the 1987 film Stage Fright. What you heard was the back of my uh, former rental VHS, which is uh, a-, a little cut up and missing some uh, letters here and there. So, uh, aged to perfection. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. How about we start with the bottom here, Paul? Sounds good to me. So, for me, number three. Oh, so there's a murderous lunatic on the prowl. He happens to be a theater actor. Let's lock ourselves in the theater where he just killed someone all night. Hide the key and only let one person know where it is. I mean, what could go wrong? Could we have, like, a more cliched or, like, perfectly set up? like slaughter on our hands. Come on, people. Don't be that stupid. Number two. Every time I think the kills are going to be, like, unique moving forward, the owl returns to using a fucking knife and just stabbing somebody. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, we started out with a pickaxe and then we downgraded to fucking stabbing. Would have been great if he, like, killed them while hooting like an owl. That would have made this movie even better. And then... Number one, in the end, you never do find out what the musical theater play they were practicing was supposed to be. Like, there's all these random scenes that you get to see them, but none of them make sense. Like, is there a context to the play, or is it just random scenes thrown together? Like, I really want to know. So number three, a lot of the uh, kills, like Corey said, were just generic. It's just... um. Owlman, escaped convict, or escaped mental patient, um, you know, killing people with a knife while wearing an owl mask. Uh, not the most. There were some great ones, but I'll get into that later. But, um, yeah, some of them were pretty generic, which is kind of disappointing. I think too many of them. Number two, so I didn't even realize that the um, escaped mental patient was actually an actor at first. Um, I didn't make the connection with the name. I feel like he, I mean, he was silent. I don't think he said anything throughout the movie. I think, like, he should have, like, I don't know, there should have been something, like, where he said why he was killing them other than he was a former actor, like, he had some kind of connection with the director, something like that, but, or he just, like, you know, lost, like, couldn't tell what the difference between um, reality and his and a play was, or maybe he wanted to create the ultimate play, like, there really was none of it, so he just, ultimately, I, I get the idea, but I just felt like he became kind of generic in the end. He needed a soliloquy. Yeah soliloquies or whatever <laughs> and number one yeah like Corey said w- what the, i really want to know what the fuck is up with the play like you got hookers you got cinderella you got rape and rape murder revenge and, and owl guy, people yeah a guy in an owl mask dancing and uh i i, 
I I don't I have no idea what the fuck was going on. It was very weird, and yeah, I I want to know. Like, I I would I'm not sure if I'd pay money to watch the play, but I would like to see it. Like, was there any? It, like I, I have, I'll have to research this. Like, was there an actual play thought out, or were they just throwing shit like at the wall and like, well, this is weird, you know? This seems like what an eccentric um, wannabe director will do, and they were going at that. Or is there an actual play written inside of that? I want to know, and I don't, I don't know if I can rest until I find out. So on to the top three, and if I didn't say it before, spoilers abound. So number three. It's only been out since 1987. <laughs> A lot of the time, when music is going on in the movie, it's actually happening in the movie. It's not just for the audience. It's actually for the characters in the film. And I think that's a nice touch. Number two. The director actually has some good plans throughout the film and, like, how to thwart the, uh, the killer owl and how to, like, escape and everything. And, you know, if he would have just stuck to his own plan, they probably would have made it out alive. And number one. The attic scene definitely has the best kill of the film. And as cliche as that kill is now, it was a fantastic sight and kind of unexpected with how this movie had been going up to that point. And I'm sure Paul will tell you exactly what that kill is. You know me too well. So number three, yeah, I enjoyed the plot and the setting of the film. I thought they were unique. I mean, this ultimately it's just a like slasher film that doesn't really like change the genre which is fine i don't really really care but i thought the way the stage and like the uh the rooms that are part of like the um the warehouse were utilized well for the most part maybe not quite as well as i would have liked but i know there was some there's definitely some creativity to that number 2 the characters though not necessarily likable i mean some of them were just outright unlikable like the director were you know interesting and felt realistic and like um they didn't really make any like any um decisions that i thought were just outright stupid so i i appreciated that and number one like cory cory hinted at one of the best deaths ever is this woman falls into the attic she falls part way this her um boyfriend's trying to keep her like from falling he pulls her up and then half her body's missing it was i did not expect it it was it was amazing it was uh, quite a sight to say the least like I said, I've seen that death so many times at this point in different movies, but it something just hits so right about it in this one. It was absolutely beautiful, perfectly like orchestrated. So we didn't talk about the uh, the dialogue too much, but we're gonna have ourselves a good old fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I'll get us started with, "Go on, do as your director says." You're supposed to be a whore. Don't you think I look a little like James Dean? Sure, and I look like Marlon Brando. I'm not going to sit around here and be slaughtered like a pig. I got the motherfucker right between the eyes. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time for our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are of our scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a two out of ten. I also gave it a two out of ten. So Stage Fright is a cliched slasher movie with a plot so avoidable it's borderline moronic. However, it manages to do everything just right, from characters that are relatable and rounded to pacing most of the time, to enjoyable kills and atmosphere. It just it's an enjoyable film in every aspect. It's almost like a, like a my first slasher film, as it'd be a good film to introduce someone into the subgenre. Stage Fright is an Italian slasher film from the 1980s that 
isn't all that unique in structure, but manages to establish a memorable identity for itself with its setting and characters and some unique kills. The independent stage setting allowed for some creative kills in situations unseen in any other slasher. The characters each had their own unique personalities and for the most part made intelligent and realistic decisions given the dire situation. They weren't all likable, but they didn't have to. They at least felt like actual people. The killer was unfortunately just some psycho. He had some connections being an actor, and he's brought his name is brought up by the director hinting that there's a connection, but it's never really established or like um are um, established upon, so it kind of made him unmemorable and kind of generic. And I, I really wish they had done something, considering that they utilized the uh, stage play in the warehouse um, warehouse setting so much. I felt like there should have been more with the actual killer. But, you know, be that as it may, I know the um, there is also a play inside the film, which makes no sense. You never learn about it. And I really just want to fucking know, like, what the hell is up with the fucking owl and, you know, all the other stuff. But anyways, all that being said, States Fright is an excellent 80s slasher that manages to be fun and unique without revolutionizing the genre, which is perfectly fine with me. A film doesn't have to be groundbreaking or, um, you know, completely, you know, revolutionary or anything like that to be enjoyable. It can just be fun. Well, now you know we always have ways to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time there's a first person shot, take a drink. Number two, every time the owl makes an appearance, take a drink. Number three, whenever somebody screams, take a drink. And number four, anytime the director says, mock, take a drink. Every time music is playing on the actual set of the film, take a drink. Every time someone remembers a different part of the stage and warehouse that could be helpful to them, take a drink. Every time someone loses a body part, take a drink. And every time someone dances, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else Beam-related, leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at beamreebrosgmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, follow us on Twitter at beamreebros, and my personal Twitter at beammoviepaul. Check out all the kind of interviews, 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 and chats on website beamreebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. W- links right below. Well, we've come to the end of week four of Italian Month, so uh, let's rank the movies we've seen so far. In the number four spot for me is uh, Suspiria, because fucking witches. Number three, four of the Short apocalypse. Short and sweet, sums it up. <laughs> Number three, four of the apocalypse. It was a good movie. Um, you know, a little disjointed, but very enjoyable. Number two, Stage Fright. A slasher film that, uh, you know, very cliche, but once again, very enjoyable. Number one, Cemetery Man. A so-called zombie movie with not a lot of zombiness to it that, uh, Manages hit the sweet spot for everything that it did. So number four, Suspiria. I I understand like why it's so influential. I like I said, I really liked it the first time I saw it. Just I don't know the the subsequent times I've seen it, I was just able to notice a lot of the problems with it, and I just was less able to ignore those. I don't think it's a bad movie, but it's going on four for now on this list. Number three, surprisingly, it was four of the apocalypse. I, like I said before, I'm not really a Western fan, but I really liked this. I never thought a Western, especially by Lucio Fulci, would be as enjoyable as it was. But, man, I, I actually really liked it. 
Number two, Stage Fright. It's, you know, like I said, not the most unique slasher, but it was fun, it was interesting, and it had some unique aspects to it. Number one was Cemetery Man. I, it was not at all what I expected, and man, it's, uh, it was enjoyable. I've, I, I would definitely watch it again, and I plan on watching it plenty more times. I've, um, I can say I've never seen a film quite like that. It's, um, the uniqueness that Stage Fright didn't bring to the slasher film, like, genre, Cemetery Man most definitely brought to the zombie franchise. Well, we have one more Friday, one more week for uh, June, so it's a five-week five month, so we're going to take a look at the n- next movie in the zombie franchise that we haven't seen from 1988, Zombie 3. Oh, boy. Are there, is there, is there going to be a zombie fighting a shark in this one? Sadly, no, Paul. Sadly, no. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on with it. Oh, see you, little guy.